All right, all right. Um, we're going to have uh, Kyle come up, who's going to be speaking. Um, can we give it up for Kyle? Have the podium brought up. But I want to introduce Kyle just briefly, because a lot of times we have people that come up on the stage and close. We have every, every now and then we have other members of our team uh, speak, and people think sometimes, hey, are they on the staff? Are they getting paid by the church? And I wanted just to share with you that um, that's, that's not the case for most of our, our team members, that we have a, a bunch of amazing people within this house and in this community that have become sons and daughters that not only are gifted to minister from the pulpit and in other ways, but also are out there in the marketplace. And so we want to just you know, raise up these people, give them opportunity to express what's on the inside of them. And you're going to be hearing about all kinds of incredible things happen in the lives of individuals starting even in the new year of people that are being changed by God and are transforming culture, not only just by preaching, but by being out there in the marketplace and in the world, right? That's where it's all going. So this is an equipping time, but I want to just take a minute and honor Kyle. We've known each other for five plus years now. I fell in love with him because he's from South Carolina and is a Gamecock fan. So that's, uh, that's a big plus right there. But besides that, he's been faithful. And so for these five years, he's been doing anything and everything that has been asked of him, you know, putting chairs up or, you know, serving in whatever way, unloading trailers in West Palm Beach. And, you know, you've just been able to see in that time not only faithfulness, but a call of God over his life and expressions for that to be able to happen. We've been able to travel the world a couple times down to Brazil and then over to Morocco and through Paris. And, and so just seeing his life, seeing his character, and I'm just really proud of you, Kyle, and the man that you've become. He just turned 30 this last year, right? It's amazing. And so give it up for Kyle Whitmire as he shares with us today. All right. Awesome. It's good to be with you guys this morning. Um, I woke up at like 7 o'clock this morning, took a shower, did my thing, I got ready. And listen, I don't own antiperspirant. Like I, I have deodorant, but I don't have like antiperspirant, you know? And uh, like the stuff that actually stops you from sweating. And my roommate did though. And for some reason, I, I don't use it. I don't use it. That's why I don't own it. And for some reason, I was like, man, I need to get some antiperspirant today. And so in my towel, I snuck into my roommate's room, into his bathroom, and put on some of his antiperspirant and snuck out. And I don't know why I did that, right? I never do that. I don't even use antiperspirant. And I got here this morning, and there was smoke coming out of the vents. And I was like, there it is. That's why I did that. Anyway, listen, guys, my name is Kyle, and it's Awesome, awesome, awesome to be with you guys. Like Darren said, I am originally from South Carolina. I moved here in 2010, so nine and a half years ago, the Lord called me down here. Radical, radical word that I got, very tangible, very real. And he said, go to West Palm Beach, Florida. And that's what I did. I, I followed that word, that obedience that Spencer was talking about, wherever Spencer is. He's around here some There he is right there. Spencer, by the way, dude, uh, see how I rolled these right here? I don't know if you guys noticed that or not, but he's got rolled jeans right now, and your rolled jeans gave me permission, man. <laughs> like, I was doubting it, right, this morning. I was like, I'm probably going to roll them down, but then we got into the meeting this morning, and I saw that you had those things, like, way up here, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm keeping it. <laughs> but no, I came down here on a word from the Lord, and I worked in a church, and I did all this. I, I didn't come down here to go to school. Thanks, Luke. Um, I didn't come down here to go to school, but I ended up going to school at PBA. That's a, a different story for a different time. 
Um, but I, I, in 2013, I found myself in school studying ministry at PBA, playing lacrosse, uh, college lacrosse, and working for a church. And just everything was ministry, 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 right? And I ended up making this like wild moral failure, right? And, and we don't have really time to go into detail of that, but um, it's actually how I ended up at the harbor. And so I, I come out of this, I come out on the other side of the, of the tail end of this really awful failure in my life, like a real big moral failure. Like, it's honestly surprising that the church didn't let me go. Um, it's actually kind of weird that they didn't let me go, considering the gravity of the mistake I made. And, and um, anyway, I, I was just praying, and there was transition. I had come out on the other side, and I, and I was kind of walking away from the, the, the stuff that, of my past, right? And I was like, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? What is it you want me to do? And I feel like you told me two things. I feel like you said, I want you to drop out of school, and I want you to quit working at this church. Nothing against the church. I just, he was trying to get me away from ministry, right? He, because ministry is good, but ministry is not Jesus. And he's trying to pull me away from ministry and press the reset button. And I was like, all right, and like, how, is, this, is this for sure your plan? And he's like, yes, you're going to know that this is what I want you to do because there's going to be something enticing come your way that's going to try and grab you and pull you and hold you here. And no matter what, you need to say no to it. And so I dropped out of school, and about a week later, I still hadn't quit the church. Um, and my boss at the church came to me, super charismatic dude, and he was like, Kyle, hey, man, guess what? I got the greatest news. And I'm like, what? What's up? And he's like, we're going to promote you. You're going to be the full-time college minister. Your job is just going to be, you're going to be traveling from college campus to college campus, doing Bible studies, discipleship programs, worship nights, whatever it is. Creative freedom is completely in your hands. You can do it. And we're going to give you a salary so you don't have to keep working these three jobs that you're working. And I'm like, yes, right? This is what I want to do. And it hit me. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, this is the thing. And I was like, all right, Lord. What is it that you want me to do then? And, and, and so I quit. I quit. I, I told him, I was like, man, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I can't accept the offer, and I actually have to quit too. And he was like, what? Like, couldn't believe it. And so I get home that day, and I'm like, all right, Lord. And I, and, and I knew what the harbor was, right? I've, I've always lived in West Palm Beach since I moved to Florida, but I've known what the harbor was. I knew about it. Never been to it, but I knew about it. Knew the reputation. And... And I was like, all right, Lord, like, what is it? Where, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And I felt like he said, go down to the harbor in Pompano and introduce yourself to the pastor. And so I did. I loaded up all my West Palm Beach buddies, and we all came down here on a Friday night, and they did worship, and then Darren preached a message. And, and I was like, how am I going to connect with this dude? And it was like he just floated off the stage, right? He just right to me, like, just walked right up to me. And I was like, Darren, hey, man. And he was like, what's up? I was like, hey, man, I'm Kyle. Uh, I'm from West Palm, and the Lord told me to come here, so I'm here. Like, just kind of word vomit, right? And he was like, all right, cool, cool. Welcome, man, welcome. And, and he's like, I'm going to introduce you to this guy, Grant. And he, like, pulls Grant over, and I'm thinking in my head, like, dude, I'm not trying to get passed off to Grant. Like, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> But I was like, man, he's just passing me off, you know, like, I'm a young adult, so he's going to connect me with the young adults guy, and that's going to be that. But that was not the case, actually. I, I came down here thinking that I was looking for a mentor or a father, and in some ways I was. 
Um, but through that journey, through coming to the harbor, um, I ended up going to EHSM. That was our school of ministry, the 11th hour school of ministry. And instead of getting mentored by one person, it was a multiplicity of people. It was apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, all the different gifts pouring into me and my classmates on a weekly basis. And it was exactly what I needed. You know, it was this come and rest. There's no ministry for you to do. Just receive, get filled up. And so that's, that's my journey with the harbor, just to give you a background of who I am, because I know a lot of people not really familiar with me. I've spent, what, two and a half years in West Palm doing the Harbor West Palm thing, and I haven't been down here as much because of that. Um, but yeah, I just want to encourage you guys. When I first got here, when I first got here in 2013, we had, and I think we still do have, a wildly healthy prophetic culture. Yeah? You guys believe that? Yeah. We do. That's part of who we are. That's part of what we carry as the harbor. We carry a prophetic identity that we release to people. And I remember when I came in 2013, I had come out of an unhealthy prophetic culture where people kind of try to take words that they get from God and like guide and steer your life for you, right? You guys relate to that? And so I came into this house, in this place, and there was all kinds of encouragement. People were building me up, right? And they were speaking life into me. And it was just this total reset. But anyway, I just, I just like if you think you have a word for somebody, if you think the Father is, is releasing something to you, like don't be scared, you know, because that's part of what makes us us. And uh, it's good to be us, right? <laughs> Says it up there. <laughs> All right, cool. We'll move along. Listen, before I get into the word really quick, there was something. Um, I had this quick vision as I was praying yesterday, and it was this dark room, right? And there was these people in this dark room, and they were fixated on other things other than the Lord. Um, and, it, and it was holding them captive. It was like holding their attention, holding their focus. And all of a sudden, there's this one window, but the, the room is black, but there's this one window, and this little glimmer of light shines in, right? This is this vision that I'm having. And all these people all of a sudden have this spark of hope for something different, Something different can change in their lives. And all of a sudden they realize that they're captive to the things that they were paying attention to, the things that they were fixated on. And it was because that small glimmer of light came into the room and shone in the room and and changed their mind and made them realize there was hope for something different. And so I want to encourage you guys, like, that's us, right? That's our DNA. That's who we are. We're prophetic people. We're people that hear the voice of God and we release it. We're people that show the light of Jesus. Amen? Yeah? So listen, that's this generation. The, the people in the room that didn't know that they were captives. They, did, they, they just didn't know. It's not like they wanted to be there, but they didn't know that they were being held by something. That's this generation. But when someone comes along and exposes them to something better, it gives them a different option, right? And those people in the room, their sons, their daughters, their fathers, their mothers... They're apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, all these gifts, all this identity, all this stuff that they're unaware of, right? They don't know, and they just need someone to tell them. It's the gospel of the kingdom is actually what they need, right? Yeah. Listen, I was on a plane, and uh, Danielle and I went to Georgia two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago, and my cousin got married up there, and we were flying back. And when I'm, when I'm flying, I, I like, kind of get anxiety. How many of you guys get anxiety on planes? 
Yeah, some of you guys. All right, well, anytime there's turbulence, I like grip the rail and I like look out the window. I'm like, all right, we're not in a nosedive. All right, cool, we're good, right? Plane's still level. But Danielle is like extremely comfortable, like watches movies, talks to strangers, like whatever, you know, like the plane is like, and she's just like asleep. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I'm on edge. When we went to Brazil, didn't sleep. The nine hour flight that we took there, I was up the whole night. And, uh, and it's dark outside, so you couldn't even see out the window anyway. <laughs> no point. Anyway, we're sitting there on this plane, and I noticed this kid sitting next to Danielle. She's got her earbuds in. She's watching a movie on her phone. And this kid, had to be like 15 years old, is like into this movie with her. Can't even hear it. It's The Blind Side with Sandra Bullock. You guys seen that movie? Yeah. And this kid is like on his little like fold-out tray, like almost like in her space, like, ha, like watch, like everything, every time there's like a funny part, like he's laughing. I'm like, how does he, like so much so that I thought she had given him one of the earbuds, but he didn't. And he was just kind of, he was just tripping me out. He was kind of a strange little dude, right? And uh, I introduced myself to him though, and he said his name was Nathan. We talked a little bit about life and stuff like that, why he was coming to Florida. And then as we started our initial descent, he starts like grabbing his head and his ears and just like tweaking out. And at first I'm like, yep, this kid is kind of weird. Like, and then I was like, wait a minute, like what's going on with this guy, right? And I'm like, dude, Nathan, what's going on with you? And he's, uh, he's like, ah, oh, the pressure, when the pressure changes, it causes me extreme pain. He's like, I've told everybody, nobody knows how to help me. And me thinking like logically, I'm like, well, pinch your nose and blow. And, and it'll equalize your pressure. And he's like, no, it won't work. Danielle tries to share some stuff with him. He's like, no, it won't work. He's just denying it, right? And I just look at him, and I'm like, well, that sucks, bro. And I just, like, turn and look back out the window. And, I'm, and I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, like, is that it? Is that really what you're going to give him? Just a, that sucks, bro, like, and that's it? And I was like, okay, all right. So what do I need to, what do I need to say? What do I need to say to this guy? And I feel like God said, just present this to him like it's something he's never seen before. And I was like, all right. And I like reached across Daniel and I grabbed this kid by the shoulder with no warning at all. And I'm like, hey, man, what's the, what's the level of your pain? And he's just kind of looking at me. He's like, he's like, it's a 10. It hurts. And I'm like, check this out. Check this out. Check this out, man. I'm like, in Jesus' name, pain, go away. And he starts laughing at me because he thinks I'm joking. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm serious, man. Check this out. In Jesus' name, pain, go away. And he just got this look on his face, right? And he's like, what? Like, and I'm like, is it gone? He's like, it's gone. And I'm like, bro, yeah, Jesus, come on, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. And I look at him, I'm like, bro, Jesus loves you, man. Like, he really does love you. He would do that for you. Just take away in a moment, just that pain in your ear is completely gone. And I'm like, you're not lying to me, right? Like, it's really gone. He's like, no, I swear, it's gone. And so listen, that Nathan, that kid Nathan, he's one of those, he's one of those kids that was in the room, you know what I mean? It's in the, in the room in the vision that I had, where the light comes in. And that's all it takes, you know, is hearing the Holy Spirit, cultivating intimacy with the Holy Spirit, hearing his voice, and then releasing that to people. And they get that glimmer of light, they get the gospel of the kingdom. Amen? All right, I got like 12 minutes. Let's jump into John 17. If you're following along, it's John 17. I'm going to skip around. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's out of the Passion Translation is the one that I'm using. I think they got it up. Yep, they do. They have it behind me there. So 
Before we jump in, listen, John 17 is the prayer of Jesus. And he prays for a lot of stuff. He's talking to the Father and he's praying for us. What he's, he's praying for us to have unity. He's praying for us to have the same glory. That's scandalous, right? He's praying for us to have the same glory that he has. Right? And do you guys believe that? Yeah, that we can have the same glory that Jesus had, not because anything that we do, but because he said so and he gave us permission. Amen? And so Jesus is praying that we would inherit all this stuff in our time. And so John 17, 3, it says, Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son whom you have sent. Listen, I'm going to say this a lot. We have permission. Everybody say permission. We have permission to know God intimately because Jesus prayed for it. We have a right. Say right. We have a right as sons and daughters to know God and to experience him. You guys believe that? Yeah? We'll keep moving. John 17, 6. It says, Father, I have manifested who you really are and I have revealed to the men and women that you gave to me. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have fastened, say fastened, your word firmly to their hearts and now at last they know everything I have is a gift from you. Listen, guys, we can fasten. We have a right, we have permission to fasten his word to our hearts because he prayed for it. And listen, I wanna tell you something about that word fasten. In the Greek, that it's, not, it's not just simply fasten. The, the connotation or the meaning of it is to keep your eyes on something. And what are we talking about? We're talking about the word of God. So he's saying, he's saying that they have fastened or they have kept their eyes on the word of God and it has locked into their hearts. It has locked into their spirits because they refuse to put their gaze anywhere else, to put their attention anywhere else but on the word of God. Amen? Right. So we have permission to do that because grace enables us to do so. But listen, that word, the word word, the word word is the, is the word logos, <laughs> word, is the word logos in Greek. And that means several different things. It means first, I want to tell you just four of them. It means a lot, but I just want to tell you four things. It means the spoken word of God. So how many, how many of you guys have like a prophetic word or a promise from God? Raise your hand. Yeah, a lot of everybody, right? Most of you guys. If you don't, I believe he wants to release one to you. But listen, it's keeping, right? It's keeping your eyes fixed on the logos, on the prophetic word of God, on the spoken word of God. It's taking that thing that he's put on the inside of your heart, cultivating it, giving it attention, praying into it, refusing to take your eyes off of it, even when your circumstances or your situation do not match up with where God says you're going. The next is preaching or doctrine. The logos is the preaching or doctrine. And listen, receiving, studying, and putting into practice the impartation and equipping that you receive from those who are called to preach and teach. Listen, this is why Acts 2.42 stresses that the believers continued in the apostles' doctrine. Right? I know that's kind of a religious phrase, but essentially it's like they, whatever the apostles were teaching, back in the book of Acts, they were grabbing it and they were making it theirs. They were adopting it. They were keeping their eyes on it. In their daily walk, whatever it is, wherever they worked, whatever their family situation was, it didn't matter. They kept their eyes on the word of the Lord, right? The next one is the written word of God. 
So it's keeping your eyes on the physical word of God, right? It's keeping your eyes on the, on the, actual, like the actual written word, the Bible. Existing in the place, don't miss this, existing in the place where you allow the scriptures to lead you to encounter with God. See, the Bible becomes a springboard if we let it. It it becomes a springboard or a catalyst that gives us permission. There's that phrase again, permission, as we keep watch on his word to experience him. What does that look like, right? That sounds sounds great, but Kyle, I, I read the word all the time. And, and it's boring to me. Or I read the word and I fall asleep. Or I read the word and I feel lost in translation. Well, I'm telling you, keep your eyes on it. Keep your eyes on it. Take a, take a theme out of it. Or take a concept. Or take a promise. What, zero in on one thing instead of trying to comprehend the whole thing. And say, say to Jesus, say to the Holy Spirit, God, if they could have it in their time, I can have it in mine. Adopt it. Keep your eyes on it. Make it yours. Cultivate that in the secret place with God, in the place of relationship with him where he already wants to give you every good and perfect gift, right? You're, all of a sudden you're taking the word and you're like, okay, it says here this, right here it says that I can do the same things that Jesus did and greater, right? So God, I, I've never seen anybody get healed. I've never, right? But I'm gonna, I'm gonna meditate on that. I'm gonna focus on that. I'm gonna keep my eyes on your word because your word is your truth and your word gives me permission. And if they could have it in their life, then I can have it in mine. And the last one is literally Jesus Christ. John 1 talks about how Jesus was the word. You guys read that? Yeah? John, John 1, it says Jesus was the word and he was with God. And then he came and he was with us, essentially, paraphrasing. And so you, we keep our eyes on Jesus, on the logos, on the word, right? And that's how we're fastening it to our heart is by keeping our eyes on him. Well, how would Jesus is in heaven now, right? Like he's not here presently. We have the Holy Spirit, but he's physically not a man here with us. How do I keep my eyes on him, right? Well, I'm telling you, go into the secret place, the prayer closet, the dwelling place, whatever it is you want to call it, the space that you clear out for him and you to to cultivate intimacy, familiarity, trust, and relationship. And if you still feel like you're not seeing Jesus, right, then look, the Bible's full of descriptions of him, of the word of, the word of God is full of descriptions of the word of God. Revelation 1, it says that his eyes are like flames of fire, that his voice is like mighty ocean waves, his hair is white as wool, his face is bright as the sun, his feet like bronze refined in a furnace. That's an image of Jesus. If, you, if you're not, if, you, if it's hard, if you're like, I can't picture Jesus or I, I don't know how to see Jesus or keep my eyes on him, I'm telling you, go to these places where there's a literal description of him and just begin to meditate on that, begin to see that, amen? Listen, if we can do this one thing, if we can do this great call to action to keep our eyes on him and his word, through the vehicle of relationship then I, and investment of time, then I believe that we can get the next verse, which is verse 8. I believe that we can get that. And it's that, it says this, John 17, 8, In the very words you gave to me, you gave to me to speak, I have passed on. Say passed on. Passed on to them. They have received, say received, your words and carry them in their hearts. They are convinced that I have come from your presence and they have fully believed that you have sent me. Listen, the phrase passed on 
has a connotation of adventure. When you look it up in the Greek, it's not just passed on. It's like it's, it's the passing on of an adventure, right? It's not just like I pass the word on to them. No, it's like I have this word that's going to empower you and it's going to set you on a trajectory which will bring you into an adventurous life. And yeah, there's going to be ups and downs, but overall it's going to be way better than anything else that we could ever possibly try to do with our lives, right? You guys with me? Yeah? And so it's this passed on, it's this connotation of adventure. Jesus is saying, the words that you gave me, I have given them the adventure of them to them. That next word, received, it's up there. It means to have offered, but it also means to take or seize. So as someone's offering it to you, you're grabbing it. It's not casual. It's a, this is, this is mine, I'm taking this, right? And, it, and it's, they've received, they've taken it. And listen, this is why Matthew eleven twelve it can say that the kingdom of heaven is entered into by force and violent ones take hold of it. Yeah? Amen? So listen, by keeping watch on him and his word, by prioritizing him, by looking at him instead of anything else, we receive this adventure life. Right? Amen? We're going to move on. John 17, 13. This is, the only, this is the only verse I did in a different translation in the New King James Version. I think they've got it up there. Um, I just like the way that it says it better, but it says the same thing, just in a different way. It says, but now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world that they may have, say they may have, my joy, my joy, in themselves. Listen, that phrase, this is big. Don't tune out here. Check this out. This is good. They may have means to obtain the original intention in its purest form. And my joy, my joy means to reign over with calm delight and gladness. Get this. In salutations of coming or going, meeting or parting. So listen, this is what Jesus is saying then. Jesus is saying, I've prayed for all of this so they can recover my original intention in its purest form, don't miss this, so that they will reign over everything in life with calm delight and gladness, whether in meeting or in parting with something while on this faith adventure fueled by keeping their eyes on me, my word, and my promises. Come on, do you guys believe that? Come on, do you believe it? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> this is fun, right? Listen, this is why James 1 can say, count it all joy when various trials come your way. Right? Because in whether there's something coming or going, you're reigning. That, that, that word count it, count is the same thing to take authority over something. It's a similar connotation to what Jesus is saying here in the New King James in this John 17:3. He's reigning over it, reigning over it with joy, choosing to release joy over any circumstance, over any situation by keeping your eyes on the word of the Lord through the place of intimacy and connection with him. So I think I have to close now, right? <laughs> If uh, Justin's coming back up, yeah. 
cool. Hey, listen, guys. I just believe that Jesus wants to mark us this morning, right? He wants to mark us. He wants to, he's already given us the ability or the capacity because his grace is what empowers us. His grace is what gives us permission. He's already given us this ability to get into the word, to get our eyes on the word and to get connected with him in intimacy. And I just want to encourage you that he's wanting to release, he's wanting to hand off this adventure of a lifetime to you and me, right? And that adventure, that word, it's got the solutions of heaven contained within it for everything that you're going through in the workplace, in the marketplace, at home with family, with friends, in community, with your neighbors, with your children, whatever it is, whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, I promise that God cares about it and he wants to bring solutions of heaven into it. And the way that we're gonna get it is by keeping our eyes on his word. I'm gonna pray really quick and then I think the band's gonna play and we're gonna have some people from the altar team up here. And so if you feel like you want to respond to the message, if you feel like God has put it on your heart to get back to the word in its many different forms, or if you feel like maybe you're, you're dealing with something, right, some sort of physical thing and you need healing, whatever it is, there's no rules. If you need prayer, like we want to open that time up. There's going to be people up here with badges on and they want to pray with you. So I'm going to pray really quick and then we'll be dismissed to get children and go out and get lunch and all that. Yeah, Jesus, we love you, God. We just breathe you in, God. We just say that you're good. We just look at you right now. We look at you face to face and we just say that you're good. God, come and bring your joy into our lives so that we can reign over every situation, God, that so we can walk with original intention and, and purpose in its purest form in the adventure life that you're wanting to release to us. God, come and do it in us this day. In Jesus' name. There was a lot in that, that, that he, was, he was processing through with us. But before we go, I want to just put this challenge out as we have our ministry teams here. Remember the whole wall thing that we were singing about earlier? The reasons the walls have to come down and we have to trust that he's covering us in all the other directions is so that the word can find entrance into our hearts. And if not, you may be sitting in church. I've done this, man. We filter through, whether it's a prophetic word or a teaching from a, a quipper like today or from the written word itself to Jesus. Like, we filter through our walls into those spaces and we're not able to really see super clearly. Remember there's this verse that says, that we need to pray that the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. You know, where the God of this world has blinded their minds. 
it's the filter of those walls that we try to protect ourselves and and the word of god can't gain entrance into our hearts or if it we think it does it's filtered through what we project into that man come on the world has such a bad perception of jesus am i right such a bad perception of the bible of christians of the body of christ could we just pray for a minute because kyle that was an awesome dude that was amazing could we just pray that was a great work come on give it up for the lord could we just pray over all of our lives because i felt convicted today like all of our lives that the walls would come down lord all those things that we've built up to try to protect ourselves that are keeping the word of god from coming and bringing the promise of John 17 to us the final prayer of Jesus over his church take it down Lord dismantle it you see when Jesus was talking even about the temple being deconstructed that's what he was religion had built itself up to keep even Jesus from being able to be recognized by the people Lord, tear down our temples that we've built up. Tear down the walls and the construction of religion that we've put so, so just all over the facets of our heart that we think are you, but they're actually not. God, remove the myth that we've built up in our lives so that the light, as Kyle mentioned, could come and find its way into our dark room give us hope give us something to grab a hold of in Jesus name in Jesus name as they play just meditate on that listen God bless you guys give it up one more time for Kyle as he goes God bless you guys have an awesome rest of your Sunday and we'll see you here next weekend it's going to be amazing